This episode is brought to you by Reese's Peanut Butter Cups. In breaking news, leading scientists worldwide are conducting experiments to determine if Reese's Peanut Butter Cups are the perfect combination of peanut butter and chocolate. However, it appears the study was inconclusive, as the scientists couldn't help but eat all the Reese's. Because when you want something sweet, you can't do better than Reese's. Find Reese's now at a store near you. The Mutual Audio Network, where relaxation and imagination blend. Listen responsibly. The following audio drama is rated G for general audiences. With season three of Mutual Presents, I'm Jack Ward. This week we're going back to Jack Armstrong, all American boy, with a continued story of the serial The Luminous Dragon Eye Ring, episodes six and seven. Where's episode five, you may ask? Lost to the ages, sadly. So let's not get too melancholy over what's gone and turn back our clocks as we return to the days of classic Mutual. Jack Armstrong! Jack Armstrong! Jack Armstrong, the all-American boy. Wave the Piper Hudson High, boys. Show them how we stand. Ever shall our team be champions, known throughout the land. Wheaties, breakfast of champions, bring you the thrilling adventures of Jack Armstrong, the all-American boy. Well, right now, we're winding up the regular 1940 baseball season. And I can't think of a better time to remind you of something I told the Jack Armstrong listeners way back last spring, nearly six months ago when the baseball season started. Do you remember what I said about champion baseball performance? How those hundreds of big league stars work and train all season long to help keep in condition for winning play? Well, everything I told you last spring holds just as true today. Champions like Bob Feller of the Indians and Buck McCormick of the Reds can thank good sound training for helping them come through the season with flying colors. The same thing goes for Barney McCoskey of the Tigers and Dixie Walker of the Dodgers. Any number of top-notch ball stars. And I want you to notice one mighty important fact. These players who know the value of training are usually right on deck to enjoy a breakfast of champions morning after morning straight through the season. Yes, this famous training breakfast so many ball stars have been eating all season long is still the number one favorite in the big leagues. And no wonder. When you wade into a heaping bowl full of those good whole wheat flakes, Wheaties, and when you eat your Wheaties with lots of milk or cream and some kind of fruit, you're having a breakfast that's an all-year, all-round winner for keen flavor and bodybuilding nourishment. Sure, those baseball champions like their Wheaties. And plenty of meat Wheaties both in and out of season. Bob Feller himself says, One thing I've discovered since I got into baseball is that a lot of players stick to Wheaties the year round. Now that's a pretty good sign to me that Wheaties really deliver. And as for myself, well, you'll find a package of Wheaties on my table almost every morning, winter, summer, spring, and fall. They're my favorite year-round breakfast dish, and that's for sure. Now there you have Bob Feller's tip-off to a swell training breakfast. Yes, sir. When you put that breakfast of champions on your morning lineup, you're in mighty good company. Wheaties are a big league favorite, and they're going to be your favorite too, I know, if you'll get some Wheaties right away. 
And now, Jack Armstrong, the all-American boy. Uncle Jim's high-altitude amphibian is winging its silver way westward, high above the Sierra Nevada mountains, and the mighty Pacific is rolling up on the horizon. Uncle Jim is at the controls, and Jack and Billy and Betty are peering out through the windows of the sealed cabin, trying to spot the Golden Gate of San Francisco Harbor. In that harbor lies the small ship that will take them westward to the Philippines and to the Sulu Sea in search of a wrecked yacht with its treasure of rare uranium metal, which Uncle Jim needs in his atom-splitting experiments. Listen. Uncle Jim, is that altimeter right? Why, it reached 30,000 feet. That's right, Jack. 30,000 feet up. Isn't that a grand view ahead? Look how the Pacific stretches out to the end of the world. Not to the end of the world, Uncle Jim. To the Sulu Sea and the sunken yacht. You may think that's the end of the world when we get there, Billy. But how small the mountains look below us, Uncle Jim. And so queer. Like chocolate icing sprinkled with white sugar. <laughs> we made a forced landing among them, Betty. You wouldn't think of icing and sugar. You'd think of jagged peaks and snowfields and pray for just one level spot. Look, we're passing right over a cloud bank. Did you ever see such colors? Why, Jack, it's gorgeous. It looks like the golden fleece that Jason went after. I do believe if I jumped out in it, I'd just bounce up and down. You'd bounce down right enough, Betty, right down to that chocolate icing with powdered sugar you were talking about. Look, there's a regular chasm in the clouds. Why, it's like looking straight down into the Grand Canyon. Yes, and you can see the coastline. But I don't see San Francisco. We'll see it as soon as we get past this cloud bank. There we are, Betty. Look just to the right of our course. See that bite that nature took out of the shoreline? That's San Francisco Harbor. And that silver thread is the longest suspension bridge in the world. It goes right across the Golden Gate. Hey, look at that outside temperature reading. Way below zero. Don't forget that the pressure outside of this sealed cabin is awfully low. The supercharger keeps up the pressure inside. Well, it's so warm in here and so comfortable that you can't believe that bright sunlight outside so cold and thin. You'd believe it soon enough if this sealed cabin should get punctured. The air would shoot out like a tire with a blowout and you'd be gasping like a fish out of water. Stand by the supercharger, Jack, and get ready to control the pressure. It's time we drop down toward the Golden Gate. Right. I'll keep her at normal atmospheric pressure all the way down. Easy, Jack. Not too soon. My mistake. Jump on Jiminy, Jack. Don't scare me that way. For a moment, I thought all the air had escaped. That was almost serious. I had the wrong valve. Down we go. Oh, are we really here so soon? Well, it's only a few hours since we left Hudson. Well, that's the beauty of Uncle Jim's substratosphere ship. Flies so high, there's not much air resistance. But just think, crossing half the continent in just a few hours. Why, I'll bet Blackbeard's still wondering what happened to him. I bet a million he'll be more careful next time when he tries to steal Uncle Jim's papers. But just think, Jack, how close he came. And if he had got away with that chart... If he'd gotten he'd... away with it, we'd have chased him to the Philippines to get it back. Billy, think what would happen if that gang got a hold of that uranium. Why, it might be all they need is put the atom before our scientists did it. And in that case, other people would have airplanes and rocket ships that'd make this ship look like a toy. Why, with the power they could get from the atom, there's nothing they wouldn't be able to do. Watch that pressure, Jack. We're getting pretty low. I'll equalize it, Uncle Jim. We'll soon be low enough to turn off the supercharger. Oh, Jack, now I can see the suspension bridge clearly. But what are all those funny little dots in the harbor? Yachts, fishing boats, and steamers, Betty. Is our boat there? It's there, Betty, at anchor off one of the yacht clubs. When we drop down lower, I'll fly over her. She's going to look terribly small. But small boats are just as safe in storms as larger ones, Betty. Safer sometimes, Jack, if they're well-rigged. A small boat rides the big waves like an eggshell, while a large boat crashes through the waves and takes a lot of punishment. Just the same, Uncle Jim. It'll be all right with me if we don't get within speaking distance of a typhoon. We shouldn't if we get radio warnings in time. 
Pressure equalized, Jack? Just about, Uncle Jim. Then here we go on a dive for the Golden Gate. Oh, 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 the bottom's falling out of my stomach. Same here, Betty. Oh, oh, look at the bridge. It's jumping up to hit us. There, we're easing out of the dive now. Feel better now, Betty? Oh, if I could only catch my stomach and tie it down to one place. There, it's gone back where it belongs. Oh, isn't the bridge wonderful? And look at all the steamers and sailboats. Well, you set her down, Uncle Jim. At the yacht club? No, Jack. There's enough runway inside the breakwater. I'll set her down beyond. Shall we fly over our boat? Oh, oh sure. I see it. All right. I'll circle it. There you are. See that little two-master? That's the spindrift. White hull and gray deck. That's the ship that's going to carry us to the Sulu Sea. Oh, isn't she a beauty? But Uncle Jim, she is small. She'll look larger when you're on her. And when Jack and Billy fight that mainsail in a heavy blow, they'll think she's plenty large. There's someone going out to her in a skiff. Probably the caretaker. Hand me the binoculars, Billy, and I'll look him over. Say, he looks like a foreigner from here. How's that? He's not an American. Looks like a mixture of different countries. Are you sure? Look carefully, Jack. This may be important. Well, I can't see him now. The right wing is in the way. But he certainly wasn't an American, Uncle Jim. You gonna set her down now, Uncle Jim? Yes, we're in the next cove by those docks. The airport crew expect me there. Listen, you, Jack. There's something I want you to do as soon as I can get you ashore. What is it, Uncle Jim? That may be all wrong, Jack. That visit to the Spindrift may mean nothing. On the other hand, it may mean a great deal. I want you to hop a taxi as soon as you get ashore, get back to the yacht club and see what the chap's up to. Why, Uncle Jim, do you think... I don't think anything, Billy. This gang has unlimited money behind them. They'll give us trouble if they can. Be careful when you get to the boat. This chap may be dangerous. We'll be careful, Uncle Jim. Find out if you can what he's doing on the spindrift. If you can keep him aboard without using force, all the better. But watch out for rough stuff. This gang knows a thing or two in the manhandling game. I happen to know that one of this gang is an expert in jiu-jitsu, so do as I say. We will, Uncle Jim. Gosh, I don't want to tangle with a guy who can press a finger in your back and make you turn handsprings. All safety, bits. Belt's tight. Coming down. already. Is he one of your airport crew, Uncle Jim? Looks like it, Jack. Now you and Billy get to shore, hop a taxi, and see what's going on at the yacht club. We sure will, Uncle Jim. And if that man's aboard, we'll keep him there till you arrive. But not by force, mind you. Okay, Uncle Jim. Help me with the sealed door, Billy. It's stuck. Okay. Uh, well, here's the boatman, Uncle Jim. Afternoon, Captain Fairfield. Happy landing, I see. Hello there, Adams. Has the airport crew arrived yet? They're on their way, sir. They'll take the ship to the airport. Good. Take Jack and Billy ashore quick and come back for us. As you say, sir. Watch your step, Mr. Jack. Okay. Easy, Billy. Okay. Just yeah. sit down in the stern seat and I'll have you ashore in a jiffy. Good luck. See you Thanks, later, Betty. Betty. Jack, why should Uncle Jim be so worried about somebody going out to the spin? Search me, Billy. But you can bet a million that Uncle Jim never gets worried unless there's something to worry about. Well, he wasn't worried until you told him that champ was a foreigner. That's enough to worry anyone considering what we know. That gang that's trying to locate the uranium has brains and money behind it. Yeah, they must have money or they'd never have wasted sending Blackbeard to recover that scrap of a chart. Here we are. I'll swing you around stern two and you can step out. Okay, thanks. Come on, Jack. Thanks a million. Hey, where can we get a taxi? You'll get one in the back if you don't stand hey, by. Hey, look out there. Oh, boy, is that service. Hop in, Billy. To the yacht club, driver. 
What can anyone hope to find on the Spindrift now? We haven't even been on board ourselves, except for Uncle Jim. You've got me there, Billy. But you can bet that something's afoot or Uncle Jim wouldn't pack us off this way. Do you suppose that we could handle a chap who knows jujitsu? I doubt it, unless we closed in quickly and landed a haymaker before he could pull his fancy stuff. Maybe we had better be careful when we go aboard. We're almost there now. It's only a short run. See, there's the clubhouse. And look, there's the Spindrift. Yeah, the skipper still made fast to her. Still aboard, Jack. Uh, we'll soon find out what he's up to. Right here, driver. Keep the change, driver, and thanks. Come on, Billy. We may leave the spindrift any minute. But whose skiff can we use to get out of the spindrift? Maybe our skiff's at the dock. <gasps> yeah, there it is, Jack. The name spindrift's on it. It's got a pair of oars, too, Jack. Jump in. I'll untie the painter. Okay. We don't want him to know we're coming aboard. I'll pull up ahead of her and let the tide and wind carry us down. Good idea, Jack. And as soon as the tide sweeps us on her, I'll fend off so we won't fall. Then I'll make fast. That's right. Hang your rope fender over the gunnels to keep the boats from knocking together. And we'll slip up on deck and see what he's doing below. And we'll keep him on board until Uncle Jim will. Not if we have to use force, Billy. Uncle Jim told us not to hold him by force. And orders are orders. Yeah, I guess you're right. Oh, gosh, I'd hate to see him get away. Am I heading right? This wind and tide tend to throw me off my course. A little more to the right, Jack. Say, maybe we can keep him on board without using force. Against his will? Sure. Suppose, just suppose that his oars got lost. And our oars, too. <gasps> you mean that... That's right. We'll slip our oars overboard and his, too, before we climb up to the deck. Then he can't leave. But wait a minute, Jack. Neither could we. That's right. We'd all have to stay aboard until Uncle Jim came and got us. Mm, all right, Jack. I'm with you through thick and thin. a boy, Billy. Quiet now. We've come far enough. I'll ship my oars and we'll let the wind and tide carry us down. I can't hear him on board, can you, Jack? No, but he must be there. He must have a key to the cabin. A key or a burglar's, Jimmy. Are we gonna make it? Looks like the wind will take us out too much. No, we'll make it. Easy now, we're getting close. I'll reach out and grab his skiff and you fend off so we don't... Here, I've got his oars. Overboard with him. And ours too, Jack. Quiet now. You think he heard us? sound, Jack. Okay, then, up we go. I think we've got it. Now what? Do you think the mysterious prowler did hear Jack and Billy? And what is he doing on the spindrift? You can bet he's up to no good or Uncle Jim wouldn't be so worried about him. And when he finds that he can't get back to shore before Uncle Jim arrives, well, the fur will be flying. So listen in, all of you, at the same time tomorrow and see what happens in the new and thrilling adventure when the strange visitor comes face to face with Jack Armstrong, the all-American boy. Now, there's a world's champion breakfast waiting for you every morning this week if you'll get some Wheaties in a hurry. Eat those good Wheaties flakes with lots of milk and fruit and you're having a genuine breakfast of champions. You'd better get those Wheaties now. Have you tried Wheaties? They're whole wheat with all of the bran. Won't you try Wheaties? For wheat is the best food of man. This is Franklin McCormick saying goodbye until tomorrow for General Mills, makers of Wheaties, breakfast of champions, who have just presented another episode of Jack Armstrong, the all-American boy. Wave the flag for Hudson High, boys. Show them how we stand. Ever shall our team be champions. Don't throw up. Jack Armstrong! Jack Armstrong! Jack Armstrong!
Armstrong. Jack Armstrong, the all-American boy. Wave the flag for Hudson High, boys. Show them how we stand. Ever shall our team be champions, known throughout the land. Wheaties, breakfast of champions, bring you the thrilling adventures of Jack Armstrong, the all-American boy. Yeah? Who's there? Boy, you know who it is. I thought we were going to take the old football over to the lot this morning and practice kicking. Oh, hi, Eddie. Come on and wait till I finish my breakfast. I'll be with you in just a sec. What's eating? Looks pretty good to me. That's a breakfast of champions. You know, the dish so many champion athletes eat in the morning. It's a training breakfast. You mean you're eating a special kind of breakfast because you're in training for football? Gee, pretty fancy. What's in the big orange package there? That's Wheaties. You gotta have Wheaties for a genuine breakfast of champions. And believe me, they're plenty good. Say, do you want to try a bowlful? Yeah, I don't mind. See, you fix the Wheaties with lots of milk, and then you slice some fruit on top. Here's a banana for yours. How come Wheaties are so good for athletes? Well, because they're whole wheat for one thing. The coach says whole wheat is mighty nourishing because it's rich in food energy. And that's what athletes need to help them keep on the go. Boy! Those Wheaties are good. They've got a taste that sure hits the spot. Well, it's about time you learned about a breakfast of champions. Say, if you like Wheaties, why don't you get in training and eat them every morning, too? You know, this breakfast of champions is part of the three training rules of Jack Armstrong. Say, that's right. Jim Bennett was telling me about those rules just the other day. Well, let's see. You start by getting lots of fresh air, sleep, and exercise, don't you? That's right. Then you use plenty of soap and water every day. And for rule three, you eat a breakfast of champions every morning. <laughs> That's all there is to it. Well, past the Wheaties. You and I are both in training. Yes, sir, fellows and girls, it's just that easy to get started on the three famous training rules of Jack Armstrong, the all-American boy. It's a system that's okayed for young athletes by famous coaches like Wallace Wade of Duke and Bernie Berman of Minnesota. And now that you know the rules, you'd better get yourself a big supply of those nourishing whole wheat flakes with the champion flavor, Wheaties. And now, Jack Armstrong, the all-American boy. Jack and Billy are carefully climbing aboard Uncle Jim's two-masted schooner Spindrift anchored in San Francisco Harbor. There's a mysterious stranger on board, and they want to find out what he's up to. Uncle Jim and Betty have just left Uncle Jim's big amphibian plane and are on their way to prepare the spindrift for the cruise to the Sulu Sea in search of the precious uranium metal which lies somewhere on a wrecked yacht. But there are other people interested in finding that uranium. Desperate members of an organized gang. And Uncle Jim has sent Jack and Billy ahead to find out what this strange visitor is doing on the boat. Listen. Careful, Billy. Take hold of the shrouds this way and pull yourself up. I I'd rather use the side rail, Jack. There. See how quietly I got on deck? That's the idea. There. Well, we're aboard, and I'll bet he didn't hear a thing. What do we do now? We've got to find out where he is on the boat. You go forward, and I'll go aft, just as quietly as we can. And the first one to hear him below signals the other. Okay, Jack. But we've got to be careful he doesn't hear us first. Here goes. <laughs> Quiet, Billy. Gosh. You sure did it up brown. I know. Gosh, Father Neptune could have heard that way down in Davy Jones' locker. Somebody's coming up from below. Pretend we've just come aboard naturally. Well, Billy, 
Can't you keep your feet out of those coils? <laughs> Guess I can't, Jack. Well, don't fall into one head first or you'll hang yourself. Hello there, Below. Who's aboard? He's coming up from the aft cabin. Hello. Why doesn't he say something instead of giving us that oily smile with those big teeth? I said hello. So sorry. I did not expect you. You didn't expect us? That rather squares us up. We didn't expect you on the boat either. I should say, I did not expect you so soon. You are Jack Armstrong, are you not? Jack, he knows you. And your friend is Billy Fairfield. Well, well, he knows me too. You came from Hudson in that magnificent airplane that just passed overhead. I saw it land by the yacht club. I did not expect you would get to this ship so soon. We did rather hurry, didn't we? Ask him what business it is of his, Jack. I don't like his face anyway. You saw me, perhaps, as you flew overhead and hurried to the boat. It seems to me we've been answering all the questions. Who are you, anyway? My name does not matter. I am only a humble personage. Humble or not, you seem to know all about us. You honor me. I know so very little. You seem to know more about us than we do about you. What else do you know? I know that Captain Fairfield and his niece Betty were also on that magnificent plane. Well, suppose we start knowing a few things about you. For instance, what are you doing on our boat? Watch him, Jack. He's looking at your hands. He's up to something. That's right. Why are you looking at my hands so hard? So sorry. Such nice hands. I was admiring them. Well, I'll... If I didn't have my hands in my pockets, I'll bet he... Hey, 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 why are you coming toward me? I'm oh, very sorry, your hands. Perhaps you will kindly oblige and let me see that. Well, I'll say I won't. Why should I let you see my hands? Keep away! Oh! 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 See? Oh. It is so very simple to remove hands from pockets what? of a reluctant person. He, 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 he jiu-jitsu'd me, Jack. He jiu-jitsu'd me. See here, Mr. Whoever you are, this has gone far enough. We find you on our boat, you won't answer our questions, and you're acting mighty queer. Now, I want to know what you're doing here. So very sorry. It is not perhaps your boat after all. So sorry to say so, but it was only chartered to your Uncle Jim. Your humble servant is interested in buying and came aboard to inspect. So sorry to upset you. Maybe you do want to buy the boat, or maybe you're interested in it for other reasons. But do you want to buy our hands, too? That's telling them, Jack. Let's see them wriggle out of that. They are nice hands, but no... I do not wish to buy. You must pardon me. A peculiar hobby of mine, admiring hands. And now, if you please, I shall take my unworthy self from your boat. I find I do not, after all, wish to buy it. You will excuse me if I leave? I think you'll stay here for a while. So, you have been pleased to relieve my boat of its oars. An excellent job. Truly an excellent joke. I shall have many a chuckle over it later. Maybe you will, later, but not now. No? So sorry, but I see an excellent pair of oars lashed to the deck here. I shall use those. Oh, no, you don't. I think I do. My unworthy self may boast, perhaps, but removing hands from pocket is least of my accomplishments. Easy there, Billy. No force. Remember Uncle Jim's orders. How wise of Uncle Jim. Truly a man whose intelligence is as the noonday sun. But is not that your Uncle Jim rowing out now? Yes, it is. Then I shall wait. Jump on Jiminy, Jack. He wants to see Uncle Jim. 
Throw me that line, Billy, and I'll stand by when Uncle Jim pulls alongside. Hi, Uncle Jim. Stand by to catch a line. Okay, Jack. All fast, Uncle Jim. You got here just in time. Well, well. See, we have a visitor aboard. Gangway for a heavyweight. It'll be good to set foot on deck again with the mast and spars reaching to the sky. Gosh, you came just in time, Uncle Jim. Uh, introduce me to our visitor, Jack. Sorry, Uncle Jim, but he wouldn't give me his name. So sorry. Name of such a humble personage is seldom important. <laughs> well, I don't know about that. Someday we might want to return your call. You do me too much honor. But, uh, Jack, what can we do for him? He says he was interested in buying the spindrift and that the owner let him come aboard to inspect. Mm, that's odd. The owner didn't tell me he planned to sell. Do not be distressed. He does not plan to sell until you return. Jack, watch him. See how he's looking at Uncle Jim's hands. Just like he looked at ours. Gives me the creeps. Have you seen enough of the boat, or would you care to inspect her again? You are too kind. My departure for shore was delayed by the removal of the oars from my boat by Jack Armstrong and your esteemed nephew. <laughs> Why, what a thing to do. I shall insist on Jack rowing you back to make amends. Billy can row in for Jack later. So sorry, but my humble self cannot permit such kindness. Mm, as you like. Jack, you go in anyway. Go to the branch post office and pick up a package for me. Package, Uncle Jim? What is it? Mm, just some kind of knick-knack or other that came from the Philippines. It was forwarded from Hudson. I found the registry slip in my mail waiting for me here. It's in this pocket, I think. Yes, here it is. Yeah. Look out, Uncle Jim. Here you. Give me back that slip. Stop. Stand where you are. Most unfortunate if this gun should go off. You will kindly stay on this boat, yes? See? I cut loose two skiffs, and I will take yours. So sorry to inconvenience you. Uncle Jim, we're not going to stand here and see him get away with that. Why, that package might be terribly important. Stay where you are, Billy. But if we all rush him at once... Do as I tell you, Jack. Truly, your Uncle Jim has the wisdom of the ages. So sorry, but my humble self must leave. So sorry you must remain. But water is deep, and the tide is swift. So nice to have met you. Goodbye. Uncle Jim, do we have to let him get away with this? Yes, Billy, I'm afraid we do. But what could he want with... I'll come to that later, Jack. He's gone now. Look at him roll. Wonderful hidden muscle. Now, tell me what you found out about him. Nothing. Less than nothing. You see, we got aboard quietly enough, but once on deck, we stumbled. You mean, Jack, that I stumbled? Clumsy ox that I was. Well, anyway, he was below and heard us. He came on deck at once. Wouldn't give his name and said he was inspecting the boat with an eye to buying her. And that wasn't true, of course. We know that now. I guess we both suspected it then, Uncle Jim. Is that all? No, Uncle Jim, there's something else. Sounds too ridiculous. He was terribly interested in Jack's hands and then in mine. I'll say. He pulled a jujitsu on Billy to get his hands out of his pockets. But that isn't all, Uncle Jim. I noticed when you came aboard that the first thing he did was to look at your hands. Just as though he was looking for something. I think he was looking for something, Billy. On the boat, Uncle Jim? I don't know what he wanted on the boat. We'll find that out later. But I think I know what he was looking for on your hands and mine. But there's only one thing he could be looking for on our hands. A ring. A ring? Jack's right, Billy. He was looking for a ring. But I don't understand. Remember what... that token we were to get from Professor Loring? I don't know what... I didn't know what it'd be until you told me about our friend looking at your hands. It must have been a ring. A remarkable ring of some kind. And they knew that Professor Loring may have managed to send it to us. Then that package at the post office, that must be the ring. And we let him get away with it. Mm, don't worry about that. 
Our oily friend is smart, but he hasn't had the last laugh yet. You mean that registry slip was a fake? Nothing else. Ever since I learned that I might get an important token from Professor Loring, I've suspected this gang would be after it. I pulled an old receipt out of my pocket just to see how our friend would react. And how he did react. I'd give a pretty penny to see his face when he gets ashore and reads that receipt. He'll be oh so sorry, so very sorry. But Jack, Billy, don't forget that we may get that package any day now. And if we do, remember that some of the best and most unscrupulous brains of the world will be after it. That is something to remember. And now that we know how desperate they we are... Don't we don't know the half of it yet, Jack. And now let's unship the Spindrift's little boat and go after those two skiffs. There's work ahead of us, and maybe a lot more danger than we realize. Well, what a surprise our foreign friend will have when he looks at that slip he stole. But come to think of it, what was he doing on the boat in the first place? There's a lot more going on just now than anyone knows. That uranium must be just as important as Uncle Jim says it is. And say, was our friend really looking for a ring? There's something behind that. But what? So listen in, all of you, at the same time tomorrow for another thrilling episode with Jack Armstrong, the All-American Boy. You know, the fellows and girls who eat Wheaties for breakfast are getting lots of fun you should be having, too. Those Wheaties flakes pack a swell flavor, a zippy come-and-get-it flavor that you ought to go for in a great big way. That's why you want to be sure to get genuine Wheaties. W-H-E-A-T-I-E-S. Have you tried Wheaties? They're whole wheat with all of the bran. Won't you try Wheaties? This is Franklin McCormick saying goodbye until tomorrow for General Mills, makers of Wheaties, Breakfast of Champions, who have just presented another episode of Jack Armstrong, the All-American Boy. Breakfast food in the land. Wave the flag for Hudson High, boys. Show them how we stand. Ever shall our team be champions. Don't throw up the Thank you for listening to Sunday Showcase on the Mutual Audio Network. We invite you to continue the amazing audio tomorrow on Mutual with the Monday Matinee. Our weekly series of dramatic, theatrical, classic, eclectic, and live radio dramas. You can subscribe to the full Mutual Audio Network feed every day for the world's largest curated collection of audio drama. Or find the Monday Matinee feed in your favorite podcast players. See you tomorrow at the matinee, and thanks so much for listening. The Mutual Audio Network. Listening and imagining together.